0: CHAPTER SIX OF CATHERINE BOOTH This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gillian Hendry CATHERINE BOOTH by Mildred Duff THE MOTHER A lady once said to me, How have you managed to get your children converted so early? Oh, I said, I have been beforehand with the devil. End quote from Mrs. Booth, I have already told you how Mrs. Booth had the true mother spirit when but a little child, loving and tending her dolls as if they had been real babies. You will therefore guess that with her own children she was the best and most careful of mothers. She began early to train them in the right way and never left them unless forced to do so i cannot part with willie she writes to her mother who offered to free mrs booth by taking charge of the baby for her first because i know the child's affections could not but be weaned from us and secondly because the next year will be the most important of his life with reference to managing his will and in this i cannot but distrust you I know, my darling mother, you could not wage war with his self-will so resolutely as to subdue it. And then my child would be ruined, for he must be taught implicit, uncompromising obedience. But long before writing this, she had already claimed her boy for God and his war. I had from the first, she says, definite longings over Bramwell, and lifted him up to God as soon as I had strength to do so especially desiring he should be a teacher of holiness. These prayers began to be answered very early. The boy had a truthful and conscientious nature. Never, his mother says, does she remember his telling her a lie. But for all that he needed, as do all children, training and teaching, and Mrs Booth was too wise not to be firm. She writes, therefore, I believe he will be a thoroughly noble lad, if I can preserve him from all evil influence. The Lord help me. I have had to whip him twice lately, severely, for disobedience, and it has cost me some tears. But it has done him good, and I am reaping the reward already of my self-sacrifice. The Lord help me to be faithful and firm as a rock in the path of duty towards my children, We know how practical our army mother always was. Sentimental pity without help, she despised. When her little son, therefore, saw and pitied a small boy with shoeless feet, his mother quickly reminded him of his little money box. Would you rather keep the money for barley sugar, Willie, or give it to the poor boy? She asked. Give it to the boy, he said at once, and so learnt his first lesson in self-denial. When the boy was seven years old, he was converted to his mother's deepest joy. Some time before, she had talked to him in a meeting, and urged him to get saved. The boy sat still and said nothing. "'Willie, I insist,' said his mother at last. "'You must answer me. Will you give your heart to God or not, yes or no?' "'Willie looked up in her face steadily, and answered back, "'No!' mrs booth said no more just then but held on in faith and prayer and some months later to her unutterable thankfulness she found him squeezed in among a number of other children at the penitent form he had unasked made his way there and was weeping and confessing his sins with all his heart needless to say he was faithfully dealt with and the boy now our beloved general dates his conversion from that moment. A little later, Mrs. Booth wrote of him, Willie has begun to serve God, of course as a child, but still, I trust, taught of the Spirit. I feel a great increase of responsibility with respect to him. Oh, to cherish the tender plant of grace aright, Lord help! And as with the eldest, so with the other seven. One by one they gave their hearts to the Lord. "'as soon as they grew old enough to do so. "'She used to gather us round her,' says one of her daughters, "'and pray with us. "'I wore then a low frock, "'and her hot tears would often drop upon my neck, "'sending a thrill through me which I can never forget. "'She would pray again and again "'that she might lay them in their graves "'rather than she should see them grow up wicked.' Mrs. Booth was very particular about the way in which her children were dressed. Of course, there was no uniform in those days, but the army spirit was already in the army mother, and she would not have any finery or show, either for herself or her children. "'Except,' she writes to her mother, "'my warm thanks for the little frock you sent. There is only one difficulty. It is too smart.' We must set an example in this direction. I feel no temptation now to decorate myself, but I cannot say the same about the children. And yet, oh, I see I must be decided. Besides, I find it would be dangerous for their own sakes. The seed of vanity is too deeply sown in their young hearts for me to dare to cultivate it. Even in her early days, Mrs. Booth felt how wrong it was to spend time and money over dress. I remember feeling condemned, she says, when quite a child, no more than eight years old, at having to wear a lace tippet, such as was fashionable in those days. From a worldly point of view, it would have been considered, no doubt, very neat and consistent. But on several occasions I had good crying fits over it, not only did I instinctively feel it to be immodest because people could see through it, but I thought it was not such as a Christian child should wear in everything to do with her home, Mrs. Booth was a most practical and careful mother. She hated waste and luxury, but her children were always properly dressed and fed and cared for and never lacked what was necessary for them. Ladies who had been blessed by her words, Came to consult her about their souls, and to their surprise found the great preacher not shut away in her study, but hard at work, perhaps ironing the baby's pinafores or cutting out a pair of trousers for one of her boys. I must try, she said, when she began to live this twofold life, to do all in the kitchen as well as in the pulpit to the glory of God. The Lord help me. He did help her and it was this practical mother spirit at home which gave her so much force and power on the platform as the children grew older they were more away from her side and her letters to them are suitable not only to her actual sons and daughters but to her spiritual grandchildren who will read this little book therefore i am going to give you some extracts which you may take as though written by our army mother straight to your own heart To one of her boys at school she wrote, I do hope you are industrious and do not lose time in play and inattention. Remember, Satan steals his marches on us by littles, a minute now and a minute then. Be on the lookout and don't be cheated by him. All your little trials will soon be over, so far as school life is concerned, and every one of them, if born with patience, will make you a wiser and better man. Never forget my advice about not listening to secrets. Don't hear anything that needs to be whispered. It is sure to be bad. Choose the boys to be your companions, who most love and fear God, and pray together when you can, and help each other. Here is a very beautiful letter, written when one of her children desired to go in for some higher education which Mrs. Booth feared might spoil the soul life. I do so want you and all my children to live supremely for God. I do so deeply deplore my own failure compared with what my life might have been, and I feel as if I could die to save you from making a mistake. Perhaps you say you don't want me then to learn any more? Yes, I do, a great deal more but of the right kind, in the right way, and for a right purpose, even the highest good of your race. I would like you to learn to put your thoughts together well, to think logically and clearly, to speak powerfully, that is, with good but simple language, and to write clearly and well. Just the wish we have now for all our young people. Early in their childhood, the elder children were taught to be responsible for the younger, and when at school, they were given places of trust as monitors and so on, as if knowing the responsibilities they would by and by be called to fill in our ranks. Mrs. Booth gives them some wise counsel. "'I hope,' she says to one who has been left in charge of the other children, "'you will show yourself to be a true son of your mother,' and a consistent disciple of the Lord. Very much depends on you as to the ease and comfort of managing the little ones. Do all you can. Be forbearing where only your own feelings or comfort are concerned, and don't raise unnecessary difficulties. But where their obedience to us or their health is at stake, be firm in trying to put them right. I am pleased she says to one of the boys who has been in charge of others at school, that Mr. W. puts such confidence in you, but do not be puffed up by it. Remember how weak you are, and ask the Lord to save you from conceit and self-sufficiency. Try to be fair and just in all dealings with the boys, i.e. do not be hard on a boy whom you may not happen to like, so well as another. But be fair, and treat all alike, When left in charge, again she warns one of them against extremes, even in well doing. You are under a mistake to suppose that sacrificing your recreation time will help you in the end. It will not. Cramming the mind acts just in the same way as cramming the stomach. It is what you digest well that benefits you, not what you cram in. So many hours spent in study and then relaxation and walking will do your mind much more good than all work and no play now mark this do not be looking so much at what you have to do as to what you are doing leave the future you may spend it in heaven and go steadily on doing today's work in today's hours with recreation in between to shake the seed in One step, well and firmly taken, is better than two with a slip backwards. Poor human nature seems as though it must go to extremes, either all or none, too much or too little, idleness or being killed with work. May the Lord show you the happy medium. I was sorry about the cause of the accident. I don't like that way of doing things in fun though it was very wrong and wicked of the boy to throw the brick yet it would have been better to let him look at the guinea-pigs being fed and thus have pleased him there was no harm in what he wanted to do you should watch against a hectoring spirit and mind the difference between a sacrifice of truth and principle and one only of self-importance or of mere feeling if a boy wants you to do wrong then be firm as a rock and brave for God and goodness. Mind your soul, she says at another time. Do not let your thoughts get so absorbed, even in study, as to lead you to forget your Bible and to neglect prayer. Later again, as a wise mother, she warns them in the tenderest way against their special temptations. Against lightness. Be watchful against levity. C is a good, devoted fellow but naturally an incorrigible joker. It may not hurt him much, because it is his nature, but it will hurt you if you give way to it. It hurts nearly everybody. Watch, don't descend to buffoonery. While you become all things to win some, don't forfeit your natural self-respect and the dignity of your position as a servant of Christ. Against too much talk. The Spirit is teaching you this, is showing you that you must be more silent. The tongue is one of the greatest enemies to grace. James, chapter 3, verses 5 to 13. Strive to obey these teachings of God. Yield yourself up to obey. And though you sometimes fail and slip, do not be discouraged, but yield yourself up again and again, and plead more fervently with God to keep you. Fourteen years ago, you were learning to walk, and in the process, you got many a tumble. But now you can not only walk yourself, but teach others. So, spiritually, if you will only let God lead you, He will perfect that which is lacking in you. But it was not at first easy for the mother spirit in Mrs. Booth to allow her delicate girls of fourteen or fifteen to undertake a public life and to speak and sing at the street corners surrounded by a rough low crowd such a thing was unheard of in those days once hearing that her daughter catherine had spoken in the open air to a large crowd mrs booth objected as other mothers have since objected the girl was too young as yet she must wait a while But her eldest son, looking at his mother in the tenderest and most solemn way, said, "Mamma dear, you will have to settle this question with God, for Katie is as surely called and inspired by him for the particular work as you are yourself.' Mrs. Booth said no more. She took this as the voice of God, and gave her girl up to the marvellous work which God had called her to do. Later she writes of her to a friend. Join me in praying that she may be kept humble and simple, and that all that the Lord has given her may be used for him. I see, she says, writing at this same time to her daughter, what a glorious, blessed, useful life you may live. But I also see your danger, and I pray for you that you may be enabled to cast aside the world in every form, to look down upon its opinions, and to despise its spirit, maxims, and fashions. Later on again came the days when the boys had to choose, as you have to do, how they would spend their lives. Mrs. Booth might be writing to a corps caddy of today, when, in a letter to one of her sons, she says, I hope the Lord will make you so miserable everywhere and at everything else that you will be compelled to preach. O oh my boy, the Lord wants such as you, just such, to go out amongst the people, seeking nothing but the things that are Jesus Christ's. You are free to do it, able by his grace, born to do it, with splendid opportunities. Will you not rise to your destiny? Quote, have courage and be strong, and I, the I am, will be with thee, End quote. Get thee out, and I will go with thee. Dare you not take hold of the arm that holds the world and all things up? And if you do, can you fail? The Lord gird you with his strength and make your brow brass and your tongue as a flame of fire. You must preach. To another of her boys, she writes, You may perhaps be wanted to stand and do battle for the Lord surely you will not sell your birthright the lord help you take hold of david's god hold your head up keep your shoulders back and go forward again this is what the world wants men of one idea that of getting people saved there are plenty of men of one idea that of gold getting they make no secret of it they are of a worldly spirit Now we want men who are set on soul saving, who are not ashamed to let everybody know it, men of a Christ like spirit. There need be no mistake or mystery about it. Quote, by their fruits ye shall know them. Paul and every other man of like spirit has had his fruits and will have to the end of time. It is, quote, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit saith the Lord of hosts, quote. With one of her daughters, she reasons and pleads, Oh, it seems to me that if I were in your place, young, no cares or anxieties, with such a start, such influence, and such a prospect, I should not be able to contain myself for joy. I should indeed aspire to be the bride of the Lamb, and to follow him in conflict for the salvation of poor, lost, miserable man. I pray the Lord to show it to you, and so to enamor you of himself, that you may see and feel it to be your chief joy to win them for him. I say I pray for this. Yes, I groan for it, with groanings that cannot be uttered. And if ever you tell me it is so, I shall be overjoyed. I don't want you to make any vows, unless, indeed, the Spirit leads you to do so. But I want you to set your mind and heart on winning souls, and to leave everything else with the Lord. When you do this, you will be happy, oh, so happy. Your soul will then find perfect rest. The Lord grant it to you, my dear child. She made all her children feel that the only reward they could give her for her ceaseless toil and labor on their behalf was that they should give themselves to the war. I hope, my dear boy, that whatever sense of obligation or gratitude you have towards me, you will try to return it by resolutely resisting all temptation to evil and by fitting yourself to your utmost to be useful to your fellow men. I ask from you, as I asked from God, no other reward. If I know my own heart, I would rather that you should work for the salvation of souls, making bad hearts good and miserable homes happy, and preparing joy and gladness for men at the judgment bar, if you only get bread and cheese all your life, than that you should fill any other capacity with £10,000 per year. To one of her children, when tempted to be over-anxious, she writes, Keep your mind quiet lean back on god and don't worry it is his affair and if you have done what you could that is enough alas how little we have of the faith that can stand still and see the salvation of god what would you do if you were put in custody for two years like paul was and yet that imprisonment at rome sent the gospel far and wide god's ways are not our ways He takes in the whole field at once and does the best he can for the entire world. Human wisdom never has been able at the time to comprehend his plans, but years after it has often seen their wisdom. Let us learn to trust in the dark, to stand still. To another, tired and discouraged at the start of his public life, I have only a minute or two But, lest you should think I don't sympathise with you, I send you a line. You ask, did I ever feel so? Yes, I think just as bad as any mortal could feel, empty inside and out, as though I had nothing human or divine to aid me, as if all hell were let loose upon me. But I have generally felt the worse before the best results, which proves it was satanic opposition and it has been the same with many of God's most honoured instruments. I believe nearly all who are truly called of God to special usefulness pass through this buffeting. It stands to sense, if there is a devil, that he should desperately withstand those whom he sees are going to be used of God. Supposing you were the devil, and had set your heart on circumventing God— How would you do it but by opposing those who were bent on building up his kingdom? He hopes to drive us from the field by blood and fire and vapour of smoke. But our captain fought and won the battle for us, and we have only to hold on long enough, and victory is sure. Courage, your captain cries. Only be thou strong and of good courage, and I will be with you and teach thee what to say. He hath chosen the weak things. He has not made shift with them, taken them because there were no others. No, he hath chosen them. Will he ever forsake them and thus make himself a laughing stock for hell? Never. Will he ever let the devil say, Ah, ah, he chose this weak one and then let him fail? No, no, no. On the important question of courtship, she writes, The devil sets such innocent-looking traps, spiritual traps, to catch young people. Ah, he is a serpent still. Beware of his devices, and always cry to God for wisdom and strength of will to put down all foolish tampering. You are born for greater things. God may want you to be a leader in some vast continent, and you will want a companion and a counsellor, a helpmeet. The original word means a help corresponding to his dignity. This is the meaning given by the best expositors. Oh, what wisdom there is even in the words which God has chosen to express his ideas. Corresponding to his dignity. Yes, and no man ever takes one below this mark who does not suffer for it. And worse still, generations yet unborn have to suffer also. Mind what God says, and keep yourself till that one comes. A wrong step on this point, and you are undone. Oh, the misery of an unsuitable match! It is beyond description. I could tell you tales of woe that are now being enacted, but I must wait till we meet. I have seen too much of life, and know too much of human nature, to have much confidence in promises given under such circumstances. For my own part, I made up my mind when I was but sixteen that I would not have a man, though a Christian, who should offer to become even an abstainer for my sake. I felt that such a promise would not afford me grounds for confidence afterwards. And do not we see enough all around us to show that unless people adopt things on principle because they see it to be right, they soon change. Look at the folks who promise to give up tobacco and dress for the sake of getting into births. How soon it evaporates. No, my lad, wait a bit. Quote, Couldst thou not watch with me one hour? Quote. Jesus lived a single life for your sake all the way through. Can you not live so till he finds you one after his own heart? I feel sure he will. Pray about it in faith. I am doing so, and God will answer. But, oh, don't run before him. Wait on the Lord. A little longer, and you will be saying, Oh, how glad I am I waited. I have now found a treasure indeed. When God's time and person are come, he will bring you together. How delighted and satisfied Isaac must have felt when the servant told him the way God led him. Genesis chapter 24 When standing by her grave, the general said she was the army mother. He said the truth. One of her early promises, given to her as a girl, when she only saw its greatness and hid it away in her heart as too sacred to be spoken of, and almost too wonderful ever to be accomplished, were the words, I will make thee a mother of nations. When called to send her children abroad, she paid to the full the heavy price. But she also saw the glorious outcome, and from her deathbed sent tenderest messages to those of distant lands and far-off nations who owned her as their army mother. End of chapter 6